So we all like stories. Stories is something that we all desire in every culture for someone to tell us a story or transmit a story. Many times parents to wean their children to sleep will read to them a bedtime story. If they're not, do it. It's something great. It's something great. It's a way to even pass on the faith because stories are something that have moral values. And children remember stories. And even if you, if you were like a child like me, I used to love a story that was told again and again and again. The same story. Same story. Not a different book. I want the same book that you read to me the night before. That was that type of child. And still I'm that way, where I love to read stories and reread stories. So even if you have heard the story of Our Lady Guadalupe, it's good to hear it again. Because you might be like, oh, I already know that story. But why not hear it again? Why not hear it again and again and again? Because it's a wonderful story. It's a beautiful story. And in the Native American culture, that's the way that they educated the next generation. A lot of times it was by the campfire, under the starlights, in nature, at the end of the day. And maybe some of the elders would tell these stories to the next generation, would pass it down. And then the children would ask questions about the story, and the elders would answer the questions. And would be passing down to the next generation the stories that are important for that culture, the African cultures have that also. And there's something about like being by a campfire and telling a story and passing on that story to the next generation. So the story of our Lady Guadalupe, I wish I could read to you this entire story. It would actually be a talk. It would actually be like a Saturday talk. I've done it in missions before. This homily would be too long. For that. I can't give you like a 40, 45 minute homily and be like, come on, Father, let's get going. You know, I got to go to work. I got to do something. So I'm just going to give you bits and pieces of this story. So what I'm going to read from is the actual original account of the apparitions of Our Lady Guadalupe. It's called the Nikon Mapua. And it was an account written in 1545 by Don Antonio Valeriano. Who was, he was a Native American, but he was a scholar. And he, he knew both Spanish, he knew Nahuatl, which was the language of the people of Mesoamerica. And we think that he got a lot of his information from Juan Diego himself. Because Juan Diego used to tell the story of Our Lady Guadalupe by the image of Our Lady for years and years and years, for 17 years after the apparitions in 1531. He died in 1548. And he would tell the Native Americans about the story in detail in their own language, in Nahuatl. And Native Americans would hear the story, would hear from Juan Diego's lips that his, his name in Nahuatl actually meant talking eagle. And you have, a you have the eagle on the image the eagle feathers on the image. And so he was the one talking about this beautiful woman who appeared to him, showing them the image for 17 years. Now talk, now talk about this evangelization. 
Over 10 million Native Americans converted to Christianity through Juan Diego's message. Talk about a messenger, an evangelizer of peoples. And that's what he did. So he evangelized. And this account was probably taken a lot from Juan Diego and what he would share with the pilgrims that would come to the hill of Tepeyac and would see the image of our Lady Guadalupe and would study it and would study the hieroglyphics on the image and then be converted and, and go to the Franciscan or Dominican priest and say, I want baptism. Whole villages were baptized. Whole towns, whole cities, whole peoples were baptized. That's how significant that Our Lady Guadalupe is. That's why she's called the star of the new evangelization. Which is, I think it was Pope John Paul II claimed her as the star of the new evangelization. So who was this Juan Diego? He was born in 1474 in what is known as the region of, of Mexico or around Mexico City. He was a, a Native American of the Chichimeca tribe. So there was many tribes, not just the Aztecs. The Aztecs were, were the ones who conquered, had the empire. There, but he was part of another tribe. He was a leader in his tribe. They believe he worked in the textile industry. They believe that he was married at one time, and then his wife died. When the missionaries came, when the Spanish came, they conquered the Aztec Empire in 1521. And they brought the missionaries with them, the Franciscan missionaries or Dominican missionaries. And they were trying to evangelize the Native American people. And they were unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. There was very few converts to Christianity. And on top of that, the Spanish were persecuting the Native Americans, were enslaving them. So the situation was, was dire. Native Americans thought their civilization had, had ended. They were, they were kind of in despair because they weren't allowed to do their worship, their sacrificial worship. And so there were very few converts. But one of the few converts was St. Juan Diego and also his uncle, Juan Bernardino. Now, his uncle was significant because Juan Diego had lost his parents when he was young, and his uncle basically raised him. So his uncle was like a second father. And you'll hear that in a little bit in the story, that he was very close to his uncle because his uncle was like a second father. And so the story takes place, Juan Diego is 57 years old, and he literally walked 10 miles to church every day. 10 miles to church. Can you all imagine that? Walking to church, 57 years old, 10 miles. Yes, uphill and downhill in the snow, as we always say. And there might have been snow there. And so he's walking to church, and he's a daily communicant. He's going to daily mass. So he's walking to church as he's going to daily mass. And he's around Tepeyac Hill. And all of a sudden, he hears these birds singing. And Juan Diego thinks that he died. He hears these birds singing. He thinks he's in paradise. He thinks, he, he, says, he, he says, here, am I in the land of flowers, in the land of corn, of our flesh, of our sustenance, possibly in the land of heaven? He thought he died. And then he hears a voice 
And the voice calls to him, saying, Juanito, Juan Dieguito, in Spanish. It was actually in Nahuatl, which rhymed in his Native American language also. And the voice was Our Lady, and he saw this beautiful lady, he said, shining like the sun. And then he said, it seemed like there was a rainbow around her. He said that all of the plants and flowers were shining like emeralds, like precious jewels, like gold, reflecting of the beauty of Our Lady. And so the Blessed Mother says to him, listen, my dearest and youngest son, Juanito, where are you going? Isn't that great? So the Blessed Mother just said, where are you going? You know? Like, like just very simple. And so Juan Diego tells her, basically, I'm going to follow the things of God, is what he says. And he says, I'm going to the ones who are the images of our Lord, our priests. He was going to Mass. And then she reveals herself as the perfect ever virgin, Holy Mary. And then she says, mother of the one great God of truth who gives us life. That's significant because the Native Americans have worshipped many gods. And she's just saying that there's one God here on earth. And then she says, and she's really speaking both to the Spaniards and the Native American people. And she says that she wants her little house, her little sacred house, to be built on Tepeyac. And she wants the bishop to build a house, a church, for people to worship. And then she says from here, she says, I will give him to the people on all my personal love. She's talking about Jesus. And my compassionate gaze and my help and my salvation, because truly I am honored to be your compassionate mother. So she comes with compassion, and she comes with leading the people to Jesus Christ, the people that have not heard. So then the Blessed Mother tells Juan Diego to go to the bishop, and for the bishop to build this little house on Tepeyac Hill. And this is Juan Diego's response. This is such a great response. He says, my lady, my little girl, now I'm going to make your venerable breath, your venerable word a reality. I, your poor Indian, am leaving you for a while. So he honored her. He saw her very breath, her very word was sacred. And so he goes to the bishop. And of course, the bishop does not believe him. I wouldn't believe you if you came to me and said the Blessed Mother appeared to me. And you said, Father Anthony, the Blessed Mother said, you have to build a church right here. I would not believe you. So think, the bishop was not bad. The bishop was a good person. But he had to test the apparition. And so he sends Juan Diego back. And Juan Diego is distressed because the bishop would not believe his word, this Indian. And so Juan Diego, you know, as, as some of us feel when like God calls us and we feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. Choose someone else. 
And this is what Juan Diego says. He says, I beg you, my lady queen, my little girl, to have one of the nobles who are held in esteem, one who is known, respected, honored. Have him carry, take your dear breath, your dear word, so that he will be believed. And listen to his humility, because I am really just a man from the country. I am a porter's rope. I am a back frame, a tail, a wing, a man of no importance. I myself need to be led, carried on someone's back. That place you are sending me to is a place where I'm not used to going to or spending any time in. My little virgin, my youngest daughter, my lady, little girl, please excuse me. I will grieve your face, your heart. I will fall into your anger and to your displeasure, my lady, my mistress. See his great humility? And yet the Blessed Mother tells him that she has many servants, many messengers that she could send. But she says, no, I'm sending you, Juan Diego. You're the one that God has chosen to bring my message to the governing bishop. And so Juan Diego, he's encouraged by Our Lady. So a lot of times Our Lady, the Blessed Mother will encourage us when we're discouraged. When we feel like we can't carry out the mission of God, she will encourage us. And so he's encouraged, and then he tells her that he will carry out her word the next day, that he's encouraged he will go back to the bishop. And so he goes back to the bishop. Of course, the bishop does not believe him. He tells the bishop everything that has happened. And the bishop basically says to Juan Diego, ask our lady for a sign. Ask her to send me a sign. That way I can believe that she's really appearing to you. And so then Juan Diego goes back, and Our Lady tells him that she will send a sign to the bishop. And once he, she gives him that sign, the bishop would no longer have any doubts that he will believe Juan Diego's message. And so then Juan Diego comes back on December 12th, but something happens overnight. And what happens overnight is Juan Diego's dear uncle becomes deathly ill, sick on his deathbed. And Juan Diego is distressed. And because his uncle is dying, and he wants to go to the priests for the priest to give the last sacraments to his uncle. But he has a date with the Blessed Mother. And so he wants to break the date with the Blessed Mother to go to the priests in order to give his uncle the sacraments. See how Christian he is? Even a date with Our Lady was not more important than giving the sacraments to his uncle. That was more important. And so he says to himself, he says, if I go ahead on the road, I don't want this lady to see me because for sure, just like before, she'll stop me so I can take the sign to the church governor for her as she ordered me to. Because first, our tribulation must leave us. First, I must quickly call the priest. My uncle is anxiously waiting for him. And so what he does 
is his normal route that he takes around Tepeyac Hill. He decides, well, the lady is going to stop me, so I need to go around another way, the hill. So he tries to go around the other way. And when he does that, the Blessed Mother appears and she sees him. And she stops him. And this is what the Blessed Mother says. She says, what's happening, youngest and dearest of all my sons? Where are you going? Where are you headed for? Jerry knows, but she's asking him question. And then Juan Diego, he feels grieved and ashamed. He feels afraid and fearful. But he's so humble that he, he just admits, but first of all, he's going to divert the question. Politicians do this all the time. And this is what he says. He says, my little maiden, my smallest daughter, my girl, I hope you are happy. How are you this morning? Does your beloved little body feel well, my lady, my girl? He changes the subject. He's trying to not answer her question. And then he's so humble that he admits it. He says, although it grieves me, I will cause your face and your heart anguish. I must tell you, my little girl, that one of your servants, my uncle, is very ill. A terrible sickness has taken hold of him. He will surely die from it soon. And now I shall go quickly to your little house of Mexico to call one of our priests, the beloved ones of our Lord, so that he will go to hear his confession and prepare him. And then he goes on, and then he says, I'm not deceiving you. I will come back tomorrow. And then these are the famous words of Our Lady of Guadalupe, of what she says to her little Juanito. She says, listen, put it into your heart, my dearest and youngest son, that the thing that frightened you, the thing that afflicted you is nothing. Do not let it disturb you. Do not fear this sickness, nor any other sickness, nor any sharp and hurtful thing. Am I not here? I, who have the honor to be your mother, are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need something more? Let nothing else worry you, disturb you. Do not let your uncle's illness pressure you with grief, because he will not die of it now. You may be certain that he is already well. And at that very moment, Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to Juan Diego's uncle, Juan Bernardino, and healed him from his illness at that moment. And then Juan Diego consoled by the compassionate words of the Blessed Mother. She then told him to go to the top of the hill, and there he would see all kinds of flowers growing. Now, this is the middle of December. Flowers don't grow in the middle of December. And it's a desert. Flowers don't grow in a desert. So that's the first miracle. And so Juan Diego, he goes up onto the hill, and she tells them to cut them and bring them to her. So he cuts all the flowers, and he says the flowers had dew on them. They had perfume, that they were exquisite, that they were the most beautiful roses and flowers 
that one could ever imagine. And some of the flowers were Castilian roses, which only grow in Spain, that the Spanish bishop would have known and recognized. And so then Juan Diego, he goes to the Blessed Mother with all the roses. And then the Blessed Mother takes the roses and she arranges them in his tilma and his long garment like this. And he's got the roses like this in his tilma and he's holding them. And she tells him, do not show these roses to anyone, only to the bishop. So when you go, only show these roses to the bishop. And so Juan Diego, he goes to the bishop holding the roses in his tilma. And he finally, they make him wait. And the servants are curious. There's the other Native Americans that are there, and they're curious. So what, what does this little Juan Diego have that's been bothering the bishop every day? And we've been trying to kick him out every day. And they're curious. And they finally go to the bishop and say, Juan Diego is waiting for you. And Juan Diego goes to the bishop, and he says to the bishop, I have the sign that you asked for that you will believe that the Blessed Mother is appearing to me. And he told him how she instructed him to go up on the hill and cut all the roses, all the precious flowers, and how she arranged them in his garment. And so then Juan Diego said, here's the sign that Our Lady has given you to build the little temple on Tepeyac, the little church that she wants. And so as he gathered the flowers in his garment, he then released the flowers like that. And he thought that the bishop would be surprised at the flowers. But something else more miraculous happened than the flowers. The bishop and the servants saw the flowers, which was amazing. But what they saw on his tilma was the image of the Blessed Mother, the image of what we call Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was imprinted on his tilma there. And the bishop was weeping. The servants were weeping. He was down on his knees. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe what he had seen. And he asked Juan Diego for forgiveness for not believing the Blessed Mother's message. So then he quickly took the tilma off, and Juan Diego showed him where a lady appeared on Tepeyac. And immediately the bishop had a little chapel built immediately. And then they went to Juan Diego's uncle. And the uncle, Juan Bernardino, told the bishop how our lady appeared to him and cured him, and that she revealed her name as Our Lady of Guadalupe. And that's where we get the name of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so then they went to the hill and they built the church on Tepeyac, the first church, which was actually a chapel on Tepeyac Hill. And then they enshrined the image that was on Juan Diego's cloak in the chapel. And then they built a, an actual hut for Juan Diego 
And Juan Diego kind of became the rector of the shrine, the, the pilgrim master, the tour guide. And all the city of Mexico went to see Our Lady's image. And Juan Diego would tell them the story. And as he would tell them the story, they would look at the image. They would hear the story, look at the image, hear the story. And they would study the image for hours. And then they would go to the priest and ask for baptism. And they would become Christians. It was amazing. It's the most amazing conversion to Christianity and the history of the Catholic Church. There has been no other conversion like that up to this day. There might be something greater in the future, but up to this day, it's the greatest conversion ever in the history of the Catholic Church. The shortest amount of time, you have whole peoples coming to see Our Lady's image and to hear Juan Diego's message about Our Lady Guadalupe. And that is the way that this little Juan Diego lived the rest of his life for the next 17 years up until 1548, his death. As he lived as a hermit, instructing and greeting all of the pilgrims who would come to visit Our Lady's house, her little temple on Tepeyac Hill, where she would show her love, her compassionate gaze, and she would bring them to her son, and Jesus Christ. And it still occurs today where now it's a big basilica in Mexico City of Our Lady Guadalupe in which thousands upon thousands upon thousands, even millions of people visit Our Lady at bringing their prayers to her and asking for St. Juan Diego's intercession for all their little ones. Let us today pray to this great little saint, Saint Juan Diego, the messenger of Our Lady of Guadalupe, so that she can bring us her compassionate love, her gaze, her mercy coming from heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses,
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.